Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to be here. I'd invite you right now to turn to Luke chapter 1 and have that ready to follow along as we read the scripture this morning. It's not going to be on the screen as usual. So if you have access to a Bible in any form, I invite you to turn to that right now. I'm actually not Matthew Rogers, as it says in the worship folder. Uh, I am thrilled to be here, though, after three and a half long months. And uh, I want to thank many of you for your prayers. It, uh, it has made such a difference in my life. Uh, I am a walking, talking answer to prayer. If you've never seen one before, this is it right here in front of you. Matthew, Jeremy, and the worship team, and maybe some others, their family members, thought it was wise not to be here this morning. They had been exposed to COVID this week, and they're isolating for safety's sake. So if you wonder why it's the B team, that's exactly it right there. Uh, Perhaps you have noticed and appreciate the irony of Matthew's sermon series, When God Interrupts, Being Interrupted. That's exactly what has happened this week, and I, I want to publicly give this a suggestion to Matthew for a new sermon series that could be entitled, The God Who Has a Sense of Humor. So we'll see if Matthew will pick up on that or not. All right. The light is breaking through. This is the time of year when clouds tend to rule the skies. For what seems to be weeks at a time very often, overcast and cloudy will be the forecast. Overcast and cloudy will be what we can expect to see most of the time for the next few months. I'm reminded of a time when we moved to Michigan several years ago. We happened to have a bright sunny day the day after we arrived there, the day we were actually unloading the truck. And I commented to one of the church guys who was helping unload the truck. I said, the sun sure is pretty today. And his response was, well, enjoy it while you can, because you may not see it again for four months. Now, this was in central Michigan, near Grand Rapids. And so if you've ever lived up there or know anything about Michigan, the wind comes across Lake Michigan from west to east, picks up all that moisture, and just hovers over most of the state of Michigan. So he was exactly right. I didn't see the sun for a long time after that. But one thing is certain then, on those dreary, wintry, overcast days, when the light breaks through, when it streams down upon us, it gives us a new level of energy, 
and enthusiasm. We just feel different. We feel better when that happens, when, this, when the light breaks through. Psychologists even tell us that people are less grumpy. I know that could not be any of you, but those other people are less grumpy when the light of the sun breaks through, and I believe it's true. I truly believe that is correct. For a long time, around 400 years, God did not communicate with his people, the Jews. This was the time between the history of the Old Testament and the beginning of the writings of the New Testament. For that period of time between Old and New Testament, he did not send any prophets to teach his people. He did not send any miracle workers to remind them of his power. In fact, God did nothing out of the ordinary to capture their attention and let them know that he was present with them. But when it was time for God to bring his son into the world, it was as though the light was finally breaking through the thick clouds of time. The idea that Messiah's coming was imminent brought wonderful news after God's prolonged silence. When the light breaks through, we begin to see things more clearly. We see them more distinctly. And when the light of God's great news began coming through, it was an exciting time for those who recognized it for what it was. Two of my favorite Bible characters, New Testament characters, are Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were at the center of God's action when God's light began breaking through. So I want to read part of this story, and it's a rather lengthy passage. So if you have it in front of you, you might want to follow along. In Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and will never drink wine or beer. 
He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, The Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. And now we're going to skip a lot of verses and go down to verse 57 in the same chapter. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she had a son. Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. When they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. Then they said to her, none of your relatives has that name. So they motioned to his father to find out what he wanted, to be, wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came on all those who lived around them, and all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard about him took it to heart, saying, What then will this child become? For indeed the Lord's hand was with him. When the light began breaking through, it revealed that God was now orchestrating his plan. About twice per year, Zechariah's branch of the priestly family was scheduled to serve in the temple. And it was the custom that one on-duty priest was randomly chosen to officiate the highly, in the highly revered inner part of the temple. So here's what that means. On a purely mathematical basis, the chances of Zechariah being chosen for this duty 
and on this particular occasion were very, very slim. However, as Luke relays this story to us, the implication is that Zechariah was chosen not really by chance, but through the intervention of God. God put Zechariah exactly where God wanted him, and God did that at the exact time that God wanted him there. Luke also makes it clear that God was intentional in the choice of Zechariah and Elizabeth to be the parents of this child to be named John. God chose them for this special task specifically because of the spiritual character of their lives. Verse 6, once again. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. God chose them for this special task specifically because of the way they had been living their lives. God was orchestrating His divine plan and He chose them because they were already serving. They were already obeying God wholeheartedly. I think the picture is crystal clear. Zechariah and Elizabeth had chosen to follow God in their daily lives for many years. That's how God knew they would be the right couple to serve Him in this special capacity. From the angelic visit to the birth of the very special son, the person we commonly call John the Baptist... From the angelic visit to the birth of this son, this whole scenario was the result of many godly choices on their part through the years. So I challenge you to choose God's way every day. In every situation, choose God's way and find the blessings that inevitably follow those right choices because that's still how God chooses people to participate in His plan in the world today. Those who are already following Him. He wants servants who are already following the path of obedience and faithfulness and holy living. God's plan, God's method has not changed. You can put yourself in His hands by following Him now every day. Zechariah and Elizabeth's story also reveals that God works in mysterious ways. What was the situation for Zechariah and Elizabeth? Allow me to to recap here. Verse 7, they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive and both of them were well along in years. Verse 13, But the angel said to Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. 
your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll name him John. At verse 25, Elizabeth said, The Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. Throughout the earlier years of their marriage, Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed fervently for God to give them children. But their prayers seemed to be unheard. Zechariah and Elizabeth had suffered through many years of disgrace, is the word in verse 25. Disgrace because of being childless. The blessing of having children had been denied. And it had been replaced with feelings of shame and disappointment. And that sometimes resulted in ridicule from parents and perhaps even ridicule and judgment from family members who just did not understand the situation. Well, then suddenly God's mysterious ways began to be made known in their lives. Given their ages at this time and Elizabeth's barren womb, it's pretty easy to understand why Zechariah found it hard to believe the angel's unexpected message. So Zechariah said, well, how can I be sure of this? You see, what the angel had told Zechariah was so beyond human comprehension that Zechariah asked for a way to confirm that he had heard the angel correctly. And confirmation he got. A sign that lasted nine months. Even I could figure this out in nine months. Nine months. Actually, more than nine months because it wasn't until he went home from his priestly duties at the temple that she became pregnant. So it was a little over nine months. Zechariah certainly figured it out. God works in mysterious ways, ways not easily discernible by human analysis. I cannot imagine how Zechariah must have felt when he went home to his wife Elizabeth. He was not able to tell her about the heart pounding thrill he experienced with the appearance of an angel speaking to him. Nor could he tell her what an angel really looks like up close. Nor could he describe the sound of Gabriel's voice. Nor was he able to verbally tell his wife the great news that they were finally going to have a baby. He could not mouth those words, nor could he tell her that this child would come to them in a miraculous way. One of God's mysterious ways is evidenced 
and how he often chooses ordinary people or people that others look down upon and gives them extraordinary roles to play in God's great plan. Don't be surprised if someday God calls you to be his servant in some special way. He can and he does prefer to work in rather ordinary people to bring his plans to fruition. That's one, just one of the mysterious ways of our great God. Well, this story teaches us that God wants his people speaking his praises. God wants his people speaking his praises. We're not given any insights into the next nine months of Zechariah and Elizabeth's lives. I wonder what Zechariah thought about as he watched his wife's womb grow larger and larger. And I wonder, what, what effect do you think this time had on their marriage? What effect do you think this time had on their commitment to God? And what do you suppose those critical neighbors and family members were saying after Elizabeth came out of her five-month-long seclusion? At this point in time, she was definitely showing. Luke's record of this story jumps across those several months forward to the time, the day when Zechariah and Elizabeth took their newborn son to the temple for his official naming ceremony. The temple officials assumed that the boy would be named after Zechariah or some other notable member of his family. That's the way it was done in those days and in that particular culture. The young, the young boy would be named after someone who was notable in the family. But Zechariah insisted in writing following his wife's verbal appeal, that the name was to be John. That was the name Gabriel instructed, wasn't it? It seems Zechariah may have learned his lesson here. And it was at this time that God finally allowed Zechariah to begin speaking again. What were the first words out of Zechariah's mouth? When God loosed his tongue and allowed him to speak again, what were the first words out of Zechariah's mouth? Look at verse 64. It's one of those things that we read across and we don't really catch it unless we happen to be looking for it. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak praising God. The first words out of his mouth were praise to God. Zechariah wasted no time whatsoever in expressing his conviction that God alone was responsible for bringing this special son into their family. 
this very proud dad was keenly aware that his son was a miraculous blessing who came from the gracious hand of God. Zechariah had a thrilling message to share. And he allowed the pent-up praises of God to roll off his lips for everyone to hear just as soon as he could speak. Just as soon as he could speak. His very first words were praising God. uh, Duke, would you come on up now, please? We too, we too, have a thrilling message to share. Zechariah's message was very thrilling to him and all those around him. But I want to point out to you that we have exciting and thrilling news to share. The good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you think about it, our message is an even greater message than what Zechariah had to tell about. God's own son, Emmanuel, came to us. Sinners. Those who had fallen away from God's way. Those who had sin upon their souls. God's son, Emmanuel, came to us. He came to teach us. He came to redeem us. He came to forgive us. He came to make a way for you and me to spend eternity with our Creator God. That is the most welcome news of all time. What a wonderful message we can share as we celebrate the birth of our Savior in this season of the year. And so I say, praise Him greatly and share Him freely. When you do, the light is breaking through. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at FCCWarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.